This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. We were deeply saddened this morning to learn of the death of a true Liverpool legend in Ian St John, who's passed away at the age of 82. St John joined Liverpool from Motherwell in 1961 and went on to play 425 games for the Reds, scoring 118 goals across a decade of service. He won two top flight league titles and scored the decisive goal in Liverpool's first ever FA Cup win in 1965. Joining myself, Matt Addison, to look back on the career and legacy of Ian St John is the Echo's head of sport, David Prentice. David will come to his media career and later life shortly, but first and foremost, this was a huge player in the history of Liverpool Football Club. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I dislike that phrase, legend, intensely because it's bandied about you know, far too flippantly nowadays. But there is absolutely no doubt whatsoever that you know Ian St. John is a bona fide 24-carat, 100% Liverpool legend. Um, what he achieved throughout his career. Um, he was the spine of Bill Shankly's first great Liverpool team, him at centre-forward, Ron Yates at centre-half. And they were the first two figures you know, that Bill Shankly identified and introduced into that team. And the, the one thing he's always remembered for, and will rightly be remembered for forever, is uh, scoring the winning goal in the FA Cup final in 1965. Now, younger listeners may not be able to understand quite the significance of that but the FA Cup in the 1960s and 70s and, and 80s beyond was the trophy it was the prestigious trophy it sounds weird to say it now but the Football League Championship as was or the Premier League as, as is now was definitely the poor relation compared to the FA Cup the FA Cup had the glamour it had prestige and it was you know the only game that was ever shown you know sort of live uh, on national television and Liverpool had never won it ever. And Bill Shankly had actually made this uh, phrase. Uh, I don't think he called it a disgrace, but it was something along those lines that Liverpool had never ever won the FA Cup. And he said they will win it, you know, so while I am manager. And they did. And obviously, Ian St. John scored the winning goal with an athletic diving header against Liverpool's fiercest rivals of that era, Leeds United. So that was a huge moment. I mean, to put that into context, Ian Callahan later described it, and he played in that game in the 1977 European Cup win, and he describes you know both occasions as being on a par. Roger Hunt, who was Ian St John's strike partner in that cup final, actually said, "I achieved nothing greater in football than that." This is a man who won the World Cup the following year, so that puts into context really, you know, so just how significant that one single trophy was. But apart from that, Ian St. John, as you just said, won two league titles as well. And most of all, he was a character. He was a folk hero. Uh, he had a hair-trigger temper, I think it's fair to say. I mean, you'll find all kinds of uh, clips of him on YouTube, you know, flooring opponents with left hooks. And he was quite a small guy as well. I think he was only about five foot eight, but incredibly feisty. And uh, the fans absolutely loved him for it. He had character. He had personality. But most of all, he was a great, great footballer. So, yeah, thoroughly deserving of the other tag Liverpool legend. He's somebody that, you know, even if you've not seen him play or, or maybe people are not old enough to, to remember his broadcasting and, and that sort of thing, maybe they are from abroad and, and weren't a, a part of that growing up and, and things like that. But he's ju just someone that, that everyone sort of knows who he is. He, he's that bigger name. He's that bigger a legend that even if you're, you're very young, you, you know, whatever age, whatever yeah. country you're from, if you're a Liverpool mm -hmm. fan, you, you know exactly who he is. And when you see sort of, of quotes from, from Bill Shankly and, and people like that, who, of course, are Liverpool legends in their own right, talking about him, that just sort of sums up 
the the feelings and, and the emotion and everything that, that people will be feeling today because of, of this sad loss. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he basically developed an entirely new career uh, after he'd hung his boots up. I mean, he was a great, great footballer who then became a manager, le less successful as a manager, should we politely say, uh, but then went into television. And just he brought his personality and his character to the fore in television. And he created almost like a new template uh, for sports presenting uh, with his, you know, his colleague, you know, his his his, uh, his partner in crime, if you like, uh, Jimmy Greaves. I mean, that was such a breath of fresh air when the Saints and Greaves. He was, uh, I think, it was 1984 was the first year it hit the uh, the TV screens, and they were just they were like a double act. I mean, Ian St. John was the straight guy. Jimmy Greaves was, you know, the the, the comic, you know, sort of turn. But the pair of them blended together so well and just had this wonderful chemistry uh, that they will present. Uh, to the, the nation at large, and they became massively successful. I mean, Saints then also became, you know, sort of TV presenter, you know, sort of fronting loads and loads of her football shows on his own, and became a very respected, very, you know, sort of authoritarian figure almost. But it was definitely that double act with her, Jimmy Greaves, which absolutely everybody loved. And again, you know, to give some idea of just how popular it was. I mean, if you were anybody who was anybody in that era, Spitting Image was like this, uh, you know, lampoon show uh, where they would take the Mickey out of public figures, and the Saints and Greaves were, we uh, were just like, you know, sort of caricatures and lampoons mercilessly in that program. But they took it in great heart, you know, because they had a sense of humour and they realised, you know, it was it was a backhanded compliment really as to what they'd achieved. So yeah, you know, so having been a great footballer, he then became a very very successful media personality, and he continued with that right up until very, very recently. I mean, um, I'm, I'm smiling to myself now listening to the banter he used to have with Ian Snowden on uh, Radio City. Snowden, who obviously is a big Everton hero, and uh, Snods loved uh, the Saints. You know, they got on really, really well together. And that came through on the, uh, the, the radio broadcast. They were very, very warm and very, very, you know, so humorous with each other. And again, that was down to the Saints' personality. He was able to make, you know, so anybody feel comfortable and feel at home. Met him myself, you know, sort of many times, and uh, he always came across, you know, really, really well. You know, sort of a great character, uh, great personality, and yeah, you're right. You know, so he he will be deeply, deeply mourned by you know, so not just Liverpool fans, but football fans, you know, so throughout the world. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for a lot of, of people, obviously, the, the show that you mentioned there with, with Jimmy Greaves, for, for a lot of people, that's what they'll remember him for. And that was sort of a pioneering show. There's been lots of, of shows that have tried to do a similar sort of thing since. I think, you know, I, I've been reading this morning about possible links between that and, and Soccer AM and things that have followed. But yeah. this was sort of the first of those. And, you know, who knows how the, the media could have changed in that regard if it if it wasn't for these two doing this thing you know other things would have followed and you know it was the, the same in terms of his football as well it was you know him who was was obviously part of the wider team in the 1960s but he sort of did it first and, and then other people followed yeah, I think Bill Shankly needed strong characters in that team because, you know, everyone's heard the stories about, um, you know, when he first came through uh, the doors and looked around and saw Melwood was a, a toilet, I think he called it, and, you know, Anfield wasn't fit for purpose. And um, he set about, you know, establishing this, this bastion that, you know, he wanted to create. He needed strong characters physically as well as mentally to achieve that. And the two key figures he needed in that rebuild you know for me were Ron Yates and Ian St John both at opposite ends of the pitch but both able to create that solid spine through the middle of the team and the fact that they were high quality footballers as well 
uh, reinforce that. But yeah, you know, they, they were strong characters at a time when football, you know, was not a place for shrinking violence. You had to be strong physically and you had to be strong mentally. And the Saints showed that, you know, he was more uh, than capable of living up to those responsibilities. Um, the only sad part about his entire Liverpool experience really was the uh, the circumstances in which he ultimately left the club because he, he wrote about it in his autobiography when he was left out um, for a game at Newcastle United when Shankly decided that he needed to rebuild um, his great team of the 60s and start again for the team which became another great team in the 70s and key characters like you know so Ron Yates and Ian St John you know so had to be dispensed with and he always felt that you know Shanks had done it in a overly brutal fashion. I think he actually heard from Jackie Milburn, a Newcastle legend, that he wasn't playing that afternoon at Newcastle. And he always felt that Shanks could have taken him to one side and explained it to him personally. Shankly didn't because he was so close to Ian St. John and he felt it was almost like a father-son relationship and he felt upset at having to leave him out. And I just don't think he felt he could deliver that news in person without getting upset himself, you know, so he basically allowed, you know, the Saint to discover it. So that was the only, you know, sort of negative really throughout you know, so an absolutely wonderful career. And, you know, clearly, you know, they, they overcame those differences, you know, so later in life. Uh, but just a huge, huge, colossal character. And you look through, you know, Twitter this morning on the timeline of um, comments about Ian St. John. And even as recently as like last year, he was receiving Lifetime Achievements Awards by, you know, so Northwest uh, agencies. Just an enormous character, an enormous figure. And you say you'll hear footballers nowadays described as legends that aren't fit to lace his boots. He was a genuine legend who achieved great things for Liverpool Football Club and achieved great things in his life. Yeah, you mentioned the, the sort of um, things on, on Twitter and, and people coming out and paying tribute. Jamie Carragher, Stephen Gerrard, Ian Rush, Phil Thompson, you know, you name it, the, the big names amongst Liverpool's history have come out in force. And just to, to finish, I mean, he was clearly, obviously, a superb footballer, a Liverpool legend. He went on to become a superb broadcaster and, and shape that as well as, as we've discussed. But he was clearly a, a well-loved player and person and, and person to, to be around as well. He was. I mean, um, I've seen numerous you know, sort of tributes this morning. Uh, I think the one thing to really remember here is that, you know, a family has lost. I think what the phrase I saw was uh, a father, you know, so a grandfather, you know, so a much loved part of a family. That is the real human tragedy. But, you know, the greater, you know, sort of football loss. There was one uh, tweet which jumped out at me uh, from Clive Tilsley, who was, you know, basically cut his teeth in these parts uh, for Radio City, who then went on to become, you know, so one of you know, the most leading, you know, so broadcasters uh, in his field. Uh, and he actually tweeted that in football, you know, so you measure your experience against the company that you keep. And I've never had, you know, so better company in my time in broadcasting than Ian St. John. And that sort of brought it home for me. He might have been a great footballer. He might have been, you know, so a great broadcaster. But underneath it all, he was a great person that people wanted to spend time with. He was somebody that, uh, you know, sort of lightened up people's lives and made, you know, sort of broadcasters like Clive, you know, actually enjoy spending time in his presence. So that's where he'd be missed the most, I feel. Just, you know, that little ray of sunshine he brought into people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. The sad news this morning of the passing of Liverpool legend Ian St. John at the age of 82. Someone who no matter your age, you'll know exactly who he is. That's all from the latest Blood Red podcast from myself, Matt Addison, and from David Prentice. Thank you for listening and goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.